Today I want to talk to you about a, an issue that is so real uh, in a story that God put in the Bible for us to learn from. It's Luke 10, and if you want to just open your Bibles to that, you can get right into it. And let's pray. I think this is a, a good spot to just uh, submit all that we are and do to you. Heavenly Father, we are a busy, frantic people. We have so much going on, so much in life that demands our attention, our focus. But today, God, we are going to take a look at this story of two sisters and your son, Jesus. And then you're going to call us to make a change. There are some in this room that will listen and they will act and some that won't. Help us not to be people of excuses, but of action and obedience to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So how many of you guys would say honestly, and it's okay, I, in the first service almost everybody raised their hand, uh, but, but I want you to be honest. You wish that there was more time in life to do the important things. Raise your hands. Just go ahead in all honesty, raise your hands. You wish there was more important, more time to do something that's important to you, okay? You're like everyone else. Go ahead and put your hands down. Virtually everyone would say, you know, I'd like to spend more time out fishing. I'd like to spend more time with my kids. I'd like to be reading more. I would like to, you know, to be resting more often than I get to. Perhaps you want to start a garden. You've been thinking about that. You just can't get to it because you're extremely busy. And so you will say, like most people, that, um, that I just don't have time for the important things. But if you're like most of us, you know, you are, your life looks like this. You've got a lawn to mow. You've got weeds to pull. You've got, anybody got dishes to do? Like right now, you know that when you go home, there's some dishes that's got to get cleaned up. Some of you guys are elbowing your roommate right now. Like, you know, that's you. You got to do that, buddy. And, and so you dishes to do. There's chores to complete. You know, that's life, right? Life happens. Chores, dishes. Um, it's godly stuff, right? Projects to do. There are so many projects to get done. Bills to pay. Anybody have bills, right? Yeah, you got bills. Have a kids to raise. Some of you guys have kids. Um, got kids to raise. There's lots going on. Lots of moving parts. Lots of logistics in life. That's, that's, that's right. That's normal. And so, but the problem is, is that we also have important things to do as well. And what I want to do with you today is talk about and have a discussion about ways in which we can elevate the importance in amongst all of the urgent things in our lives. Because I wish that I had more time to do something, but I just don't have enough time. That has to change. Now, have you ever noticed that uh, when, you, when you ask somebody, hey man, how you doing? You know, what's up? What, what's been happening? You know, you're likely to get the answer that I have given many, many times, probably even today, and that is, I'm busy. That's the number one answer, right? I'm, I'm really super busy. There's a gentleman that goes uh, to our church. Uh, I don't know if you're here, Keith, but I love his answer. He always says, I'm blessed beyond belief. Anybody know Keith? He always says that if you ask him how he's doing. He goes, blessed beyond belief. I love that answer. But that's not the answer you normally hear. Normally the answer is, I am super, super busy. <laughs> Things are crazy right now. You know, I don't think I've ever heard from anyone, dude, I'm so relaxed. Like, I'm just chill. I am chilling. Life is easy. Man, you just caught me on easy street, dude. I am, I'm happy. I'm just so, I, you know, I'm not that busy. Now, you don't hear that you, because we are all very busy. We're busy people. We're doing things. We're moving in life. We're making things happen. But there's a danger there. Now, Corey Tenboom had a great quote. She is a godly lady. And I found this quote, and I just want to put it up on the board. And it's this. If Satan can't make you bad, he will make you 
busy. If Satan can't make you bad, he will make you busy because you can look good, you can say all the right things, but you can also be frantic and super busy. They'll make you do busy or be busy doing things that don't actually matter. And I think, well, let me just be honest, I think we have a little issue here. Okay, it's a big issue. And I want to talk to you about that because we do seem to have time for those things that we choose to have time for. Anytime I say, I wish I had time for whatever it is, fill in the blank. I want to go fishing. I want to go, you know, uh, spend more time with my kids or something like that. If anytime I say that I, I have time, but I don't, I wish I had time for it, there's always a choice to do something else. There's always decisions that we make to do other things. And today I want to talk to you about choosing the important over the urgent in a way that's not intending to heap guilt upon you for your lifestyle, but to give you a a perspective, a, a, a biblical perspective of what is the most important thing and perhaps how to go about getting it. With God's help, I will choose to put that which is most important over that which is urgent. That's the goal. That's my prayer. That with God's help, I can begin to choose that which is most important over the urgent. Now, I can imagine what you guys might be thinking, and that is, well, isn't the urgent really important? Isn't, aren't they the same thing? Like, the things that I have to do, I have to do them. You know, the dishes aren't going to go away. Those are the urgent things. They've, it's piling up. I've got to deal with that. Or I've got to get my kids to an appointment. Those are urgent things. Aren't they all important? Well, I'm here to kind of say that that's not always that it's not always true. Give you some examples. First of all, like if you're a, a business owner or you're involved in customer service at a company and you're responsible for dealing with customers, you know that sometimes the customers get angry. They'll have an issue. They'll complain about it. And that's the urgent. You have to deal with that. Stop what you're doing. Uh, talk to them about it. Care about what they have to say. And so dealing with the upset customer is the urgent thing, but creating systems to keep your customers happy in the long run or to keep them from getting upset about a possible problem, maybe it's products, maybe it's your customer service, that is the important thing. And so doing the important thing is related to the urgent, but they're not the same thing. What about if your car needs repair? You know, you've run it for too long. It's been 10,000 miles since an oil change. It feels rattly. You know that there's something wrong, but you don't deal with it. You don't take the time or whatever. And so all of a sudden it breaks down and getting that car repaired is what? It's super urgent because you you need it for work. You got to get that car running. Very urgent. But changing the oil and maintaining it, that's important. That's the important thing. So the urgent is not always important. They're two different things. And sometimes uh, it's just maybe you're not taking care of your body. You're sick. You're, you know, you haven't slept in a while. You're over-caffeinated. You're anxious. Your your heart's racing all the time. You're not taking care of your body, not exercising. And so uh, all of a sudden you get sick. Now going to the doctor becomes this really urgent thing. Getting a checkup, going to see, you know, a health professional becomes really urgent. But taking care of your body in the first place, that was important. And so... Urgent things aren't always important, but they're related. And I think a great principle that I want to leave you with in this, and then we'll get to the story in in Luke 10, is this. If you choose what's important, this is really cool. If you choose what's important, the urgent stuff actually goes down. So you get less, you won't deal with as many things that are urgent if you choose what's important. But the opposite is never, ever, ever true. If you only choose that which is urgent, you will not be faced with more things that are important. 
So, so think about that in your life. If you take care of the urgent things, if you begin to discipline and order your life and figure out the important things and get everything running as a system, things will be much better than the urgent stuff. The, the, the piles of things to do won't be that many piles of things to do. But it never works out in the other way. Let's go right into the story of Luke 10. Here we have two sisters, a Mary and a Martha. Uh, Martha does what so many of us do. She's obsessed with getting ready for this visit that she's going to have with Jesus. And when he gets there, she's still busy preparing for it. And she's overwhelmed by the urgent, but she misses in the story what's most important. And the story begins in Luke 10, verse 38. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet, sat at the Lord's feet, listening, caring, caring, opening her heart to what he said. And as we read ahead, I think I can relate to Martha, this person who's super urgent in life, dealing with the urgent stuff, getting the house ready, almost more than I can with Mary. That's my personality. I'm more, I think I'm more of a Martha. You know, if somebody's coming over to visit our house, my wife and I, maybe, maybe you're like this, but we want our house to look the best. So we go into frenzy mode sometimes. We're vacuuming and you know, any, any of you guys like that? You're dusting, you're cleaning up. It's got to be sparkly. You want to show off your best. And, and uh, so it's like, everybody now, you know, throw stuff under the bed. Let's get out that really nice candle. <laughs> you know, the expensive one. Go ahead and light that. Let's put on worship music, you know, make sure that everybody knows. The good stuff, you know. Let's put out the good stuff. Um, well, let's, uh, you know, and, and just imagine for Martha, it's Jesus coming. He's showing up. He's going to be there. And how much more would that be? Like, I mean, if, if, if some famous person came to visit my house, you know, I mean, I would be like, wow, got to make sure I impress, right? Well, that's, this is Jesus showing up and Martha's doing it. And she's freaking out, kind of as many of us would. And Luke 10, 40 starts off and says, but Martha was distracted by all of the preparations that what? That had to be made. That had to be made. Now, so what's interesting is that Martha's not choosing to do extra things. She's basically it's saying that she had to do these things, and so she was doing them even while Jesus is there. And so she came to Jesus, and she sort of tattles on Mary in the next part of verse 40. She says, she came to Jesus, and she said, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work all by myself? Tell her to help me, Lord. You know, some of you husbands, your wife, you've heard that kind of like attitude before. Like, can you please just help me? You know, honey, can you please just help me? Maybe it's the other direction. I don't know. Maybe it's a roommate. Please just help. Help around the house. Just tell her to help. Make her help me. And so she's tattling. And I wonder how many of you guys uh, would have been significantly distracted as well in that moment. As we're faithfully pursuing the urgent, we're neglecting that which is the most important. And the question is, what is the most important thing that you have been distracted from pursuing? What, are the, what is the most important thing? This is an intensely personal question for you. What is the most important thing that you have been distracted from pursuing? Maybe there's several things popping to your mind, like getting healthy, you know, getting out of debt, whatever that is, you've been putting it off. And you've been distracted. You know what's important. You got to do it. 
But some of us, Jesus followers, we are not setting aside time and intention to spend with Jesus. We are not pursuing intimate time with him, feeding on his word, sitting at his feet, learning from him. We are doing all of the things in life, but we're literally not setting aside that ultimate priority, which is to know and learn and develop a relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus. All of the urgent things, they just keep happening around us, not doing the important things. Are you a Martha or are you a Mary? Now, there's, there's something that I, I believe a lot of parents slip into, and they do life just for their kids. They're for the kids. They're what I call parent-centered, child-centered uh, households. And, and maybe that's you. Sometimes it's actually, we've slid into that a little bit, where just the little guy, he takes up all of our efforts, and we find ourselves doing and doing and doing. And, and everything sort of revolves around the kids, but, but maybe, you know, you're neglecting that, like, central thing, that marriage that's the rock and that holds the family together. It's so important to build on that first because we're so busy working for our kids. We've neglected doing the very thing, taking care of our marriage that would strengthen and nurture us spiritually. Maybe that, you don't have kids, you don't relate to that. But some, perhaps, you've neglected your physical body. You've always thought, well, when I have time, I'll eat better, I'll figure out my diet, I'll get to the gym. I'll work out and exercise. But right now, I'm too busy. I can't get to it. I don't have enough time. Maybe there's a habit. There's a recurring addiction. There's something, a, a, a sin that you're hanging on to. It's deeply affecting your relationship with Jesus and your ability to become even just better at life and do life better. And you know that you've got to get help for that and you've got to deal with it. But you also understand that it's going to take time. It's going to take energy. And it's going to be hard Luke 10, 41 says, Jesus answers Martha, and he says, Martha, says her name twice, which is always cool. Martha, Martha. <laughs> the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things. Some of you guys, this should be your life verse. You are worried and upset about many things. You know, think about it. You're just freaked out all the time. You're worried and upset about so many things. The Bible says not to be anxious about your life, whether you eat or drink. And for you, that's purely aspirational. That's not a reality in your life at all. You are like Martha and you are worried and worried and worried. Verse 42, but few things are needed or indeed only one. And then I love this. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken from her. Let's say that together. Mary has chosen what is better. One more time. Mary has chosen what is better. What has Mary chosen? Mary has chosen a relationship with Jesus. She has not surrendered to the urgent. She has decided, yeah, I could mop the floors. I could lay out the fancy silverware. I could plant some plants. I could do all of that stuff. But Jesus is in the house, man. So I'm going to sit back. I'm going to listen to Jesus. I'm going to listen to every word. I'm going to get to know him. I'm going to get to know him, not just learn about him, but I want to know what makes him Jesus. I want to understand him. I want to talk about salvation. I want to, I want to listen to him. And that's what Jesus wanted. If you're not intentional about this, I can promise you the urgent will always crowd out the important. It happens all the time. And it'll begin on the outside and we work its way inside of you. And then the whole thing is what I don't want to do, I end up doing. And listen, I'm not here to tell you, hey, you failed at this. You stink at it. You should do better, right? Because I don't get this right all the time either. 
But I want to talk to you about three different practical things that you can do to begin to put the, uh, the, the important things over the urgent. Three practical tools. And again, I don't get these right. The first two are intensely practical. And the last one is a kind of a hard-hitting spiritual one. I'm going to camp on that for a while. The first thing that you can do is this. You can create an artificial deadline. What's an artificial deadline? It's an artificial deadline. <laughs> so th this message, for example, like in all practical purposes, when is this due for me in my life, right? This, this thing right here. It's due about 8.30 on Sunday morning, like 8.30 this morning. I should have it done, technically. But in my mind, I always set a deadline that it has to be done Wednesday at noon. Why, why do I do that? Because it's an incredibly important thing that I do. And I don't take it lightly, and it's not something I think about at the last minute <coughs> and try to throw it together out of the residual energy that I have throughout the week. I want to give it my peak energy and my peak attention, and I want it to be done by Wednesday at noon, even though it's due 8.30 this morning. It's an incredibly important thing, so it gets that artificial deadline. Why would I leave it to the last minute? Why would I procrastinate? And to me, procrastination is one of those things that I've seen just haunt people because the important things never get done and the urgent things always get uh, done first. The important stuff gets pushed to the end of the week. And I'm telling you, if I sat down and I, and I put this together on a Sunday morning or a Saturday night and I wasn't able to be with my family because I'm working on a message, like what kind of pastor would I be? And I'm not here to put guilt on any of you guys if you're, you know, preparing homework or things like that. But begin to think about what's really, truly important for you. You know, I, I think it works, actually, to do the important things first. If you know you're leaving somewhere, for example, on a, on a Thursday, you know what you do on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday? I'm talking about like a, a four-day weekend and you see it happening. You have Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. And guess what happens? You, you do get it all done. You know, you get to work. You can actually cram in five days and three. I know that that's happened. You've done it. I've done it. It can happen. Why does it work that way? Because artificial deadlines make you more productive. You're never really finished. How many of you guys are like me? You've ever tried to get your inbox to inbox zero, and when you do it, you're like, whoa. It's like a little mini celebration. You're like, I don't have any emails in there. It's like, it looks so good. You screenshot it. You know, you take a picture of it. You send it to your friends. It's called inbox zero day. It's like you mark it on your calendar. It's huge, right? I got inbox zero. Then what happens like 20 seconds later? Exactly. Oh, no. And it's just constantly, it's like chasing a rabbit tail. It's like all this, you know, all this effort to getting to inbox zero and it automatically, it just pops up. It's an ongoing thing. You're never, listen, you're never going to be done. You're never going to be finished. You've got to learn to give yourself um, an artificial deadline because it frees up energy and, and effort into the right place. The second thing that you need to do is be ruthlessly selective in your yeses. This is a big one, a big one. For most people, we're not, we're not, the barrier to our lives being really super meaningful is not, not our lack of commitment. We're actually way over committed. We're doing too much. We're involved in all kinds of things and we don't, we just don't have a sense of what's super important anymore. Busyness does not equal productivity. It just doesn't. Some of you guys, you don't need like a to-do list in life. You need a to-don't list. You need to figure out what are those things that I'm doing that I don't need to do, that maybe I can get the kids to do, or maybe I can have a friend do, or I can delegate to an employee. <clears throat> but maybe I don't need to do those things all of the time. 
And so you begin to think of life like, what can I say no to? Not what can I do, but to say no to those things that even might be good. Because sometimes you need to say no to the good so that you can say yes to the best. Did you hear me? You can say no to the good so that you can say yes to that which is best, best for your life, best for your walk with God. Then many of you are operating inside of a calling that God has called you to be evangelized. God has called you to be a missionary. God has called you to be a great student and a great son, daughter, mother, father. And, and, and the time is slipping away to, to get all of that important stuff done. And those of you who are or aspire to be a leader, listen very carefully because the best leaders and parents and teachers are not those who do more. The best leaders, parents, and teachers are those who do more of what matter the most. So you've got to say yes to the best. And sometimes in order to do that, you have to say no to the good. Number one, create artificial deadlines. Two, be ruthlessly selective in your yeses. And then this is the hardest one. This is the one we're going to camp on for the rest of our time together. And that's number three. Do first what matters most. You see, Martha had decided that she was going to spend the time while Jesus is there preparing for, for his visit. She spent the time, even while he's there, she's calling, she's saying, Jesus, even, even Mary shouldn't be in there listening to you. She should be in the kitchen helping me. Do first what matters most. In Luke 10, what is the thing that seemed to matter the most to Jesus? Time with him. Intentional time with him. Mary has chosen what is better. Time at the feet of the master. Time at the feet of Jesus. Learning about him. Being in relationship with him. Being in communion with him. Knowing him. There's an exchange of who you are in light of who he is. Knowing about salvation. Knowing about what it takes to walk with him. In an authentic way, you have to spend time with your Lord and Savior, Jesus. There are those of you and who are followers of Jesus, but you're not aligning yourself to the kingdom of God every day because you're not seeking him first every day. And how do, how do I know this? Because it's in human nature. It's all of us. We do more and we add more in our lives. So we're doing more and more and more. And the things on the outside then are crowding out the things on the inside because our schedule is really full. And even if our schedule's not full, we fill our lives anyway with meaningless things that we do throughout the day, getting coffee, checking social media, watching, you know, entertainment, all of that stuff that adds up to a full day. And we are just so tired and so busy and so broken on the inside. And so my, my charge to all of us who are following Jesus is to spend time at the feet of Jesus to know him. You don't seek him in the morning because you're tired and you're busy. But what is the most important thing? It's time with Jesus. It's time with Jesus. The first part of every single day, when you, before you place your feet on the ground, you get out of bed. You determine this is the day the Lord has made. God, write my story today. I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to be a disciple of you. God, I want to obey you today. God, search my heart. Know my, know my intentions. Know my heart. God, align my, align my life to yours. I want to pursue you and know you. That's the, that's the determination that you can make at the beginning of every day. And listen, if you're right here and now saying, like, I'm a morning person, Pastor Scott. I'm never going to do that. Listen, I got something to tell you. <clears throat> I'm not a morning person either. Like I used to be, not anymore. My wife, she gets up at four, like 4.15 or something like that and goes swimming three times a week. I think that's nuts. 
I like to sleep in a little bit, but you know what I do know is that the very first part of the day is a moment of determination that I'm going to give my very best to the Lord from here on out. And it's hard. Honestly, I'm just going to be straight up honest with you. Uh, I decided if I'm going to practice this, it's going to be an ongoing thing in my life. And so I've really determined to get up before I get out of bed in the morning and give God the first fruits of the day. That's what I call it. I call it the first fruits of the day. But even sometimes I get it wrong. So on Wednesday, I did that and I put my feet on the ground and I look over there and there's my phone. What's my phone doing? It's going tweeting and like it's got all these like breaking news things on it. And I'm like, oh, the news. Oh, wow. And so you get on there and you start reading pretty soon. It's like 15 minutes later and then you got to be somewhere. Then I put the phone in my pocket and I just felt ashamed. I felt like, oh my goodness, I can't even do this. And I just thought, you know what? I didn't give God the best. I was a Martha instead of a Mary in that moment. And I want you to do this, not because Pastor Scott says you need to have a morning devotion time. That's the wrong reason to do it. But the Bible says in Matthew 6.33, listen, seek first. Matthew 6.33 is so beautiful. Seek first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness. And all of these things will be given to you as well. So we're great as Christians about always saying, Jesus is number one. Jesus is my homeboy. Jesus is here, then it's my wife, then my kids, and then my job, and then blah, 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 blah. But what's the, what's the reality of how we're living our life? What do our kids see? What do our friends see? What, is, what, do our spouse, what does our spouse see? Our, our, our roommates see? What does our boyfriend, girlfriend see? Do they see that or do they see franticness? Do they see anxiety as we're walking through life saying, Jesus is up here. He's the most important thing to me. But every second of our life is, is, is occupied by the urgent. So we need to begin to say, what is important? What is vital? What needs to bubble up to the top in terms of not just priorities, but the way that we schedule our time and live our lives? I'm sorry, this is very hard. This speaks to me very deeply, very powerfully, because it's where I grind against. I grind against discipleship in the area of my schedule. And that's where you're grinding too. I know that because most of you guys will come to me and you'll say, my intention is to spend time with God. My heart is there, but my schedule says I don't have. Have time. You do have time. We're so reactive. We're not proactive. I mean, you know, as a pastor, I just decided I'm not going to respond to what everyone wants me to do. You need to kind of have that same attitude as well until I first do what God wants me to do. You know what happens if I start to do, I will respond to everybody that wants what I, my time, at the time that they want it, then guess what I never do? I never see my wife. I'm never around my kids. If I don't say no to those things sometimes, which are really important even going on in someone's life, if I don't say, maybe I don't respond in that moment, in that time. I love them, but I say, I got to back off and put what's first first, because here's what I don't want so much. I don't want this. And I'm here to tell you as your pastor who loves you, and I know everyone on my staff feels the same way. We don't want to lead this church in such a way that our families are jacked up because our time is not available to them because we've chosen urgent things over our families. It won't happen. And if it happens to you, remember, man, woman of God, if you're leading your home, your family, your spouse, your kids, they are your mission field. They are your kids. They, you will never have another, another opportunity to pour generationally into kids that are living with you. And I know my little boy, that guy means everything to me. So sometimes I have to say, what's important is that I spend time with him. And say no to the urgent. 
It's a hard, hard, hard message to hear. You know, you can, you can make excuses. I've said this many times. Or you can make progress. But you can't make both. You can make excuses. Or you can make progress, but you can't make both. I remember one time, we're stuck in this loop, my wife and I, trying to have people over all the time, doing ministry. It's like that, you know? And we love having people over. But every time we have somebody over, we're like, oh my gosh, the house is going to be pure, you know? It's like the candle and all that stuff. And we, we had to be perfect. And my wife is, she's a great homemaker, and she would just go like 90%, like boom, 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 all this stuff. And then I'd get home, busy day, and I'm out there like doing the same thing, like pulling weeds that should have been pulled two weeks ago and, and trying to get it all perfect. And one time we sat down, and we were just exhausted with this whole process, and we thought, is this what ministry is going to be like? Is this what we're going to do? And my wife said it. I, I still I can't believe she comes up with this stuff, but she says, you know, what we need to do is, is choose people over perfection, that's powerful. That's putting relationships over our image. And when you do that, that's putting the important over the urgent. And we can just be ourselves. You know what? If you come over to our house, we might not have the perfect worship music on. We're probably listening to Frank Sinatra, maybe a little Sammy Davis Jr. Maybe that's okay, because that's what we listen to. That's, you're, you're getting us. That's, that's us. Now, sometimes we listen to worship music, so don't get too worried. But I'm saying this, that it's okay. You're going to come to our house and experience us. The floors might not be perfect. For growth group tonight, we're going to have a bunch of people over, and we're going to enjoy each other's company, and the house is not going to be perfect, but it will be okay. We can just be ourselves because we put people over perfection. We put relationships over image. And in our family, we want to value our time with God over anything else. We want to, we want to be caught reading the Bible. We want to be caught praying. As Bethany talked about last week, you know, having your kids walk in and see you opening the, the Bible, putting the important over the urgent. You can't, you can't buy that kind of joy. You can't buy that kind of influence. You can't, you just can't because you can't fake it. Either you want to sit there and read scripture and be caught reading the Bible, or you're never going to be caught because you don't want to. So you're going to put the important over the urgent because I want to be like Mary. I want to like not care. I just want to sit down at the feet of Jesus and say, Jesus, the Lord of my life, just teach me whatever you can teach me, God. I'm just going to be humble. I want to learn from you. There's a lot to do right now. God, yes, my, my phone's probably going crazy and somebody's going to try to call me and I know that I have this appointment later and maybe I have four texts that I got to respond to, but God, help my mind to focus in as I meditate on your word. Help me to draw near to you, Lord. I want to know you and be known by you. And you begin to sit at the feet of Jesus like Mary and the important stuff. Man, right on target. Right on target. In the end, what is the prize that you're really looking for? Is it to be like Martha to have Jesus come over and go, hey, you know what? You're a great houseman. If you, Martha, this house is amazing. It's so clean. Got really nice furniture. Man, you know, you're worshiping me. That candle, that potpourri matches the curtains. It's great. <laughs> you can be like that. Or you can be like Jesus and he said, you know what? Who's chosen so much better is, is Mary. The one you're tattling on, she's got it better. She's done the right thing. Powerful, powerful message today. I, I really, uh, th this is such a powerful story, and I hope that you go back and read Luke 10. Think about it. Heavenly Father, 
man, we are such a busy, frantic, anxious people. And many of us, we, we look back and, and we're feeling a little guilty because honestly, we haven't spent that time with you. I just pray right now, God, that uh, there would, you'd remove the guilt, to remove the shame, and just begin right now to speak to us and say, I'm worth more. I'm more important. Whatever you have going on in your life, whatever busyness, it's no guilt. Life is busy, but just make sure the important gets done too. And sometimes we just need to deal with the important stuff so that there's less urgent. Sometimes we need to say no. Help us, God. Give us the courage to look at our schedule with um, a sort of ruthless honesty. Look at our commitments with ruthless honesty and say, God, maybe I'm not even able to serve in the church because I, quote unquote, don't have time. Maybe I'm not even able to go to church because I don't have time. Maybe I'm not even able to read the Bible because I don't have time. Not able to talk to you because I don't have time. If that's us, Lord, and that's many of us at various points in our lives, not here to, you're not here to guilt us into repentance, Lord. Your, your kindness leads us to repentance. And so we say, yes, Jesus, yes, yes, yes. Help us, help us, Lord. In your name we pray, amen, amen.